Hey, thanks for joining us here on the House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about the house, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the house app. Real quick, I, I do want to just put my two cents in. P- please read the Bible with us this year. Uh, we have soap guides and um, listen, how many have already started reading the Bible in the soap guide? Come on, make some noise. It's good. Let, let's not read the Bible alone. Let's, let's do it together on Wednesday night when we start back on January the 17th, which please make Put that in your calendar. That's before life groups start. We're just going to have a worship and prayer time. And this ain't your mama's uh, old school prayer service. Uh, not that prayers change, but, but we, we really want to soap guide this. And we're going to begin on Wednesday nights to, because you're reading together, we're going to be able to take out concepts from the Bible and then really begin to pray those in our life. And so I would encourage you uh, to be here January 17th. That's when we start Wednesday night prayer back and, it, and it'll be a full band, a lot, a lot of awesome time in worship. So please come for that. Yeah, uh, uh, Terry asked her Bible class of second and third graders uh, to draw a picture of their favorite Bible story. And she was puzzled when Kyle's picture came back and it was a picture of people on an airplane. And she was like, huh, um, I wonder what this story represents. And so she asked Kyle, hey, Kyle, what, what, tell, me, um, tell me, this is nice, tell me about it. And he said, that's the flight to Egypt. And the teacher was like, oh, okay, so this person must be Mary, and this person must be Joseph, and this person, of course, is baby Jesus, and he's like, yeah, yeah, well, who's this? And um, Kyle said, well, uh, that's Pontius, the pilot, and, uh, <laughs> and so uh, here's the deal. My hope is that we know a little bit more about the Bible <laughs> this year, and um, and I think that we're in a season in the church where we have so much media and, and teaching and, and you know, every, every thing that's coming through media and the news is trying to train you and teach you. And so if the Bible is last, then you will be confused. Right. Nobody wants to be confused, but let's just be honest. How many of you, you bought a car and it was like two or three weeks before you knew, oh, it does that? <laughs> because nobody told you. It's not like you didn't, ha- you, you had the manual, but you, I mean, come on, how many people read? I know statistically there is 23% of the people in the room that read the manual, but for the rest of us, <laughs> I, I ever had some, a feature in your house and you're like, I didn't know that, that, what? And like the worst thing is when you've had it for like a year and someone else comes over and tells you, Hey, you have that? Yeah, we do. Did you know it does that? Shut up. And I meet so many people that don't know all the things that God has for them. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who are hungry. Everybody say hungry. Hungry. And thirst for righteousness. For they will be satisfied. Listen, satisfied. Come on, satisfied, satisfied. Like, like, the, the truth is, how many of you want to be satisfied? Well, that's probably, the rest of you, that's probably why you're not. Uh, I mean, like how, seriously, I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be satisfied, satisfied 
with their job, satisfied with their family, satisfied with their mate. Come on, satisfied. Look, I mean, I know we got teenagers in the room, but if you're married, satisfied sexually. I mean, just like the reality, though, this isn't weird. Like, People make a lot of decisions and there are a lot of addictions that happen because people want to be, say it, satisfied. And what the Bible is saying is that if you hunger and thirst for the things of the world, you will never be satisfied. In other words, you will become a consumer of things, but you will never be filled, you will never be satisfied, and you will continue to be long, longing for something. Come on. And I don't believe that God has the perpetual you too Christian where I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 says this. So put away all malice, all deceit. Oh, snap, it's going to get real, real quick. Hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Can we stop for a second? Malice, the desire to do evil. One of the reasons... And, we're, and it's the new year, so I'm going to come. Listen, I want you to come back. But I'm coming for you today. Not because I am sitting in a posture. I actually am sitting in a posture. But not because I'm better. Like, like the, the reality is, this is a, a sermon for all of us. And I promise you, as I was writing this and finishing it yesterday, I was convicted. The desire to do evil. Many of you are getting burned out on church because your diet is of things of the world. So when you come here, you watch the drummer, you watch the guitar, you watch people, but you don't interact with God. Because you're full of what the world has to give you. And so here's the deal. If you're full of other things, you cannot partake in the things that God has for you, not because God doesn't want you to have them, but because you have no desire for them. Deceit, what is deceit? Concealing and misrepresenting truth. Come on, like, how many times your family roll in their eyes, because ain't none of your stories right? Oh, when I was, no, it wasn't. I've been working all day. Feels like all day was actually an hour and a half. <laughs> Felt real. Time was small. Nobody listens to me. Actually, everybody listens to you, and we can rehearse the thing that you're saying right now. Because we've all heard it. Come on. Deceit. Misrepresenting the truth. Hypocrisy. Claiming to have moral standards that are different than your actual behavior. I can't believe those Christians. I can't believe those Christians. I can't believe those Christians. Why are you gossiping about? Ah, like, like. Well, you know what's wrong with the church? What's wrong with the church is just go look at your Netflix history. Come on, I love you, you but you're watching porn 24-7 and you want the pastors and the church people to be holy. Wow. 
so there's some people never coming back. <laughs> envy. Envy. Nobody can be blessed around you because you're jealous. You're jealous. You, you envy. Uh, must, be, must, must be not passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Must be nice to have that job, to be gifted, to be a, oh, oh, it must be not. Like you can't work for something? Slander, just telling lies. Well, you know what I know. Well, how do you know that? I don't know. <laughs> how are you starting out 2024? Are you hungry for God? What do you crave? This month, we're going to evaluate, listen, our spiritual diet. Why? Why would we do that as a church? Because your desires reflect your diet. Your desires reflect your diet. Our physical appetite comes naturally. Anybody need to tell you when you're hungry? Come on, some of you get hangry. You get mad. If I'm not eating, if I'm, the calories are just moving through me. I need some food, some sustenance. I know that we're in a conversation. I know we're in a meeting. Hello, I need some food. When nothing can happen, I need to eat right now. If not, it's going to be bad for me. It's going to be worse for you. Okay. I just want to tell you, it's a new year. Listen, please don't nudge anybody in this church. Just look forward. We're going to actually go a little deeper. And so I don't want it. <laughs> He's talking about you. Um, okay. We're trying to keep marriages together. But so nobody needs to tell your body when you're hungry. That is a natural craving. Wanting the things of God are not natural. Listen to me. You longing for God is in your DNA code. You will look for a lot of things. But the truth of the matter is, the only way you gain a diet for spiritual things is you eat spiritual things. In other words, you don't get hungry until you eat. When you start reading the word and praying, you're like, oh, I need to read the word and pray. That's how it is. You begin to eat and then you get hungry. But you're never going to be like, you know what I need to do? I need to read the Bible. You may feel convicted. You may be condemned. But because you haven't eaten it, you're not doing it. For the next couple of weeks, as we start this new year, I want to, we as a church, come on, need to be hungry for more. My assignment today is crave him. Crave him. The other day, I went out to eat with some friends, and uh, normally I know exactly what I'm going to order. I, I, I don't need to look at the menu, okay? And I have five items that I'm going to order. I'm going to order chicken. I'm going to order steak. I'm going to order fajitas. Come on, somebody. I'm going to order hamburgers, or I'm going to order barbecue. I mean, that's it. That's, that's, that's me, okay? I, I understand. Um, occasionally, I feel guilty, and I get a salad. But 85% but, but, but of the time, that's where, I, that's where I'm at. And um, we went to this restaurant, this Italian restaurant. And uh, here's the thing, 2024, I, I, I'm not doing fried food. So this whole year, I'm not doing fried food. So if you see a fry, just slap it out of my hand. Because I'm not, I'm not doing fried food. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And so, and so if, I go, if I go to Italian, I'm going to go chicken parm every time. Where my chicken parm people at? Come on, you know, like, that's where I'm going. And so they were like, I was reading the menu and I was like, like in my mind, I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> they don't have any of the five I want. And so I'm looking at my wife like, 
I have no idea what I want. What do you think I want? <laughs> and, and I'm like 48 years old, and she's like describing, like, hey, you're not going to like that. You're not going to And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I, like I, I have no idea what I'm going to eat at this restaurant. And uh, I'm looking at a bunch of choices, and none of them sound good to me. And I was disinterested. I didn't have an appetite for what was there. And, and I think how many people come to church and they're disinterested because of a previous experience and they have no appetite for the things of God even though they want the blessings of God. Let's be a church that has a growing appetite for the word of God, the gifts of God, and the house of God this year. Let, let, let's, let's do that. So here, here's the thing. Why would we do that? Because listen, look, look at me. God has good things for you. But to experience growth, look, look at our last verse that we said. Okay, I, don't, I didn't finish it. First Peter chapter 2, 1 and 2. Okay, we read all the first part. Like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk that you may what? Grow up. Grow up your salvation. In other words, what you receive freely, you have to mature and develop, and it wants to expand. Some of you, I don't know if you have understood this doctrine or thought deep enough about it, but you receiving Jesus is the doorway to an incredible relationship with God that is fueled and empowered by the Holy Spirit that grows in you, and you should be growing up your salvation. If we're still at chapter one, but we're 10 years into church. Let's just be honest. You ain't reading. <laughs> You're unmotivated because it's disinteresting. It's not interesting. You're disinterested and it, do it, it doesn't feel like there's value or we would be doing it. I'm not shaming. I'm just, let's have a real conversation as we start the year. Grow up into salvation. So, for us, you have to know that God wants to grow you up and he has good things for you. And in order to do that, you have to move out of skepticism into conviction. You have to move from being picky to being willing. Anybody know any picky eat? Okay, look, for, look forward. Anybody know any picky eaters? Picky eaters. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about people who have allergies or you've got some sensitivity to like, you know, meat or whatever. I'm talking about people who've just decided that new dish doesn't look good. And how many of you have met people, again, look forward, that just don't like it because of the way it looks? I don't eat food with red. <laughs> I have a child that's like, I don't eat food with green. <laughs> like the reality is, you just made a decision because it looks like something you don't like, but you haven't tasted it. And so I'm like, just taste and see. The Bible says, just taste and see that the Lord is good. Just taste. But so many people don't have the experience that God is good because they've stopped tasting and It's not picky eaters. It's not like they don't like anything new. 
They're just stuck in what they had before. How many believers are just stuck in what they had before? And God wants to introduce some new dishes. He wants to grow up your salvation. Will you allow him, listen, to serve you what he wants you to have? So I'm coming today for, for the American Western Church. Let's talk just a little bit. God cares about your spiritual nutrition. In order to eat what he is serving, you will have to overcome three negative responses. The first one is I don't want anything new. God has new things. Like, there's a whole story about old wineskins and new wineskins. Like, God has new things for you. And every year you come in, you to church, sitting under the word, taking notes, be, deciding to grow up your salvation. I am not saying you will ever be perfect, but I am saying you should be growing. Nobody just comes into church and immediately just walks forward. It's always two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. But you measure not in days, you measure in years. Are you spiritually growing and what do you have and what fruit is remaining that wasn't there last year? So I don't get as angry because I realize, come on, that love is better than lashing out. And I'm growing my responses. I don't want anything new. Here's the second one. I don't want anything I've already had. I meet a lot of people. Oh, I, I was in a church like that before. I was in a church. Oh my God, it's starting to get, starting to feel like, you know, people lifting their hands and kneeling. It was just starting to, starting to feel. There are two parts to our Christian faith. The first is, you have to have truth and anchor your life in the foundations and principles that God has. But the second is, there is experience. And God inhabits the praises of his people. And if you are in constant relationship where there is no habitation, something is missing. Something's missing if you're married to a wife and y'all don't hug. Something's missing if you're married and you don't kiss. Something's missing if you're missing the bedroom but trying to manage the kids. The marriage bed is the indication of how strong your marriage really is. Because you can fake like we're together, but you cannot really fake intimacy. Come on, hear me. So here's the thing. I don't, want what I, I don't want what I've already had. Or, here's the last one, I only want what I like. Could that be why you're not growing? Because you're choosing the menu? These are, these are not the right responses for a believer. The only response that is right is, God, I will take whatever you are serving. I don't know who I'm talking about today, but listen, God is not a short order cook. God don't work at Waffle House. He's not going back to the stove every time you don't like what's being prepared. Psalms 81 verse 10 says, I am the Lord your God who, everybody say who, brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. In other words, 
You are going to build a city, a nation, an infrastructure. You're going to be great, but I want you to eat from me. In other words, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. Come on, somebody. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. In this verse we just read, it's clear. There's only one who brings you out of bondage. It's not your boss. It's not the TED Talk. It's not YouTube. It's not success. All those are wonderful help, but they're not the thing that will, come on, listen, satisfy your soul. It is the Lord. And our relationship with God, listen, requires fuel. So I want to say this, and we're going to put it up here. I want you to write this down, if you will. Your spiritual well-being is determined by your hunger for God. God can surpass just instruction and intellectually trying to figure out God. We want you to learn. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. Absolutely. We need to be biblically based. But, but there's this idea that your spiritual well-being is determined by your hunger for God. Even this week when we did our soap guide, and all of you raised your hand and said, hey, yeah, I'm doing that. Genesis 1 through 3, we read portions of that. And as I began to read it, I was more hungry for God. Why? Because in Genesis 1.14, it says that God gathers the sea. Like, this ain't no punk. This ain't no scrub. This ain't no low-level employee. God gathers the sea. You're going to be here. That's a big deal. And so why wouldn't we want to connect with the one that gathers the sea, that tells the light to turn on, that separates the day and the night, the one that's created us and knows who we are? Like, why does he get last? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and I just don't have time to read it, but you can. God gave Adam three things. If you read this this week, then, then you're right there with me. If you didn't, just go back. It's Genesis, uh, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. God gave Adam a mantle. God gave Adam a mandate. And God gave Adam a mission. And think about how it changed his life. And even with those things, he did fall short. And grace came upon him. And God began to do. But here's what I'm telling you is, I meet so many believers that are struggling for their purpose because they haven't had a moment with God. And Adam's moment with God gave him all three. What was the mantle? The mantle was that Adam would have dominion over everything. In other words, bruh, you in charge. So here's the deal. The mantle was responsibility. The mandate was to be fruitful and multiply. In other words, don't get distracted. Get busy. You, we're going to grow this thing. I'm going to use you to grow this thing. God's going to use you to grow your family. God's going to use you to change your business. God's going to use you to help this church. God's going to use you. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't think for a second that that story is only relegated to Adam. 
What was the mission? Name the animals. Why did God want him to name the animals? Because you can't be responsible of anything that you don't understand. That's why some of you, I'm just going to be real. It's 2024. Stop wishing for a marriage and get on a budget. Manage your life, clean your house, take care of your car, because here's the deal. God has a way. He wants you to know what you're responsible for. You can't be responsible for nobody else. You ain't even responsible for yourself. I know I got to move on. You got to name it. You got a name. What am I responsible for? This is my job. It's not my job. Come on, listen. Hear me, millennials. Like, like we're having too many conversations with our boss about what is the plan that you have for me. You've been here 15 days. My plan for you is to show up. I need to know this career path opportunity, and I need to know what, what, what the org chart's going to look like in five years, and am I a part of it? Come on, hear me. Some of y'all are like, dang, how you know all this? Because it's human nature. It's not you, it's human nature. We want security and we want to know that we're gonna be confident in this in life, but confidence only comes from the Lord. If Adam would have been skeptical and picky, he would have never been blessed with Eve. Here's my concept. Is what if being skeptical, skeptical and picky is robbing you of your next blessing? Come on. Here's, I mean, here's the truth is, you know, I don't want that is not really, like, we don't get to pick the menu. We get to eat. Some opinions will not bring you blessings. Well, I have all these opinions. Mm -hmm. how, how deep do you want me to go in this? I have all these opinions about my workplace. And what they want you to do is just do the job, get better, be faithful, and then after a while, you're going to grow. Well, I have all these opinions about this church. I have all these opinions about my mate. I have all these opinions about this girlfriend. I have all these opinions. <laughs> all I'm saying is this. You're, I'm not saying every one of your opinions are wrong. I'm just saying sometimes your opinions won't be blessed. Adam had a moment with God. Mantles, mandates, and missions are given by the Father. And when I look at each of you, come on, look at me real quick because I know I'm sitting. But when I look at you, I don't need to know your past. I don't need to know your history. I don't need to know what your dad said to you or your mom said to you. But what I need you to know when I look in your eyes, the Bible says the eyes are the windows of your soul and each one of you have a mantle. You are responsible for something. You have a mandate. It's to grow it. And you have a mission. Name it. And if you will do that based on what God has given to you, you will see increase. Everybody say increase. increase. This is who you want to date in 2024. We're not being a victim no more. Well, so pastor, are you, are you encouraging online dating? Yeah! Shop where they're shopping, baby!
Well, pastor, you know there are some, obviously I'm not, you get to make the last choice. There are some people you need to swipe left on. I'm just like, like, (laughs) but the reality is you're looking for a man or a woman. She has a mantle. She has a mandate. She has a mission. You want to hang out. You want your kids to be friends. You, 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 you want to invest with. You want to hire. You want to work for people that have an inner core in them that they're just not trying to figure out like there's something in you. You're different. You walk with a mantle. There's a mandate on you. There's a mission. When you wake up, you're not trying to figure out if your life's important. You live with something, and you only get that from the Father. Everyone in this place should be hungry for more. But more doesn't come because you're skeptical and picky. There is a yielding that is required for revelation. Each of you have a spiritual gift, listen to me, and a purpose. Now, you may not know what it is, and my hope is that you allow us to journey with you long enough to figure that out. That you go through framework, that you begin to step into your spiritual gift, that you begin to add health to a body of Christ. You were born with something to do. You were born, look at me, with people to influence. You were born with people to influence. You were born to help build a church. And it might not be this one, but go get in something that you can build for a long time. Today, my challenge to you is change your appetite. Let's fill up with the good things of God. Let's crave him. Let's crave his word, his gifts, and the house of God. Come on, does it make sense? We can look and try to order things from the world and, 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 and try to look to the world. Come on. And you're going to find stuff. You're going to find momentary accolades. You're going to find occasional happy moments. I'm not saying that. But nothing in this world, look at me, will fill you like God. You were created, listen, in the image of God. And Genesis tells us, Genesis chapter 2, we just read this, that Genesis tells us that we were created, listen, in the image of God. And it ends with this incredible thought, Genesis chapter 2. God created a relationship and an environment where Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed. Here's what that means, that God created a place where they were safe, they were wanted, and they were pure. Some of you have been looking your whole life and I'm just telling you what you need is what the chef is cooking and you need to stop ordering and you need to say, what do you want me to eat? If you put it before me, I will eat it. Our relationship with God doesn't come down to easy orders like we're going through a a drive-thru. Come on, when you go to McDonald's or, or Wendy's or Sonic, None of us ask, ask, ask the drive through uh, worker, hey, what does the chef recommend? <laughs> None of you have ever said that. Why? You habitually call out a number and make a slight variation. I mean, there's some of you in the room that you make a lot of variation. Let's just, like, like you're not the one we want to go to the, go eat with. Because you're like, a, I'll take a number one without anything on a number one that has everything from a number eight on a one. I should have said eight, but I don't like that number, so I said one. I'm going to change it. 
Mitch, you're not supposed to be amening that part. <laughs> you were my example. <laughs> He's gotten so much better. Um, listen, if we're not careful, we call the shots, we make the orders, and, and let's face it, the, the value meal is the easy option. But it's not the best option. And we in our life have, have, have craved fast over good. God isn't interested in fast options. He's not gonna do a fast work in your life. Listen to what I'm telling you. He will do a sure work in your life that other people will consider it to be fast, but you, come on, stayed the course. Abraham's journey was not fast. Noah's journey wasn't fast. Even Jesus, the son of God, wasn't fast. He started his ministry when he was in his 30s. I'm just saying, like some of you are so uh, frustrated with God because it's not, not happening fast enough, and I just need you to breathe like five times real deep. I'm 28 and I haven't figured it all out. Yeah, that's what called living life is for. Just face it, you're gonna be smarter at 80 than you were at 28. You just might not have the energy to run around the block. We crave speed and motion and busyness. And if we're not careful, we make that our idol. Idols in the Old Testament aren't just pillars in, in, that, 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 that we've erected and worshiped, but they can be mental, mental spaces and places in our thinking that we bow down to and we worship. Church, I need you to know, Christianity isn't a menu that you get to order what you want. A relationship with him requires this. Listen, lean into this real quick. Reverence and awe. You have to believe that what God is serving is better than what is quick. I'm gonna say it again. Your spiritual well-being is determined by your hunger for God. There was no one like our God. No one who delivers and redeems. God isn't common. He isn't your homeboy. And he's not a casual acquaintance. He does want a relationship with you, so in that aspect, he is relatable, but, but we ain't dapping up God when he comes in. Like we're humble, and we take the posture of honor, and we know that when we spend time with him, that's a big deal. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29 says this, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I'm gonna pause there. God's kingdom and God's concepts and God's principles are not shaken by who is president. They're not shaken by what's going on in the economy. They're not shaken by gas prices. They're not shaken, come on. What is shaken is the fact that we crave what's comfortable and God's like, yo, pick the kingdom. Let us offer what is acceptable, acceptable worship. Can I, can I just tell you this? Look at me. Look at me, young people. I want you to lock into this. Everybody under 25, you are in attention in our church, and I'm going to recognize it. Many of you are here, not all of you, but many of you are here, and you face the tension of demand versus desire. See, your parents already did a little bit of the world and they realized that it left them empty. 
So they made a shift and their desire for God made them change what was important on Sunday morning and made them change some things in their life. So they begin to make God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, part of their life. But now you are coming and you are under a demand. See, because you're going to go be here and you're going to be with our family. You're going to be at church and you're going to come and we're going to sit together and you're going to, and if you're not careful, you will not, even though you hear it all, you will not understand what's really happening and your heart will get hard and you will sleep during the sermon. You'll watch the musicians. You'll never sing and participate because you, you have been protected by your parents and I'm not saying you haven't faced hard things, but it's been more feelings-based, and it's been more people in your life that hurt you, but it hasn't been addiction, brokenness, struggle. You feel what I'm saying? And I am telling you, it doesn't have to get bad for you to need God. Every one of you parents should have been clapping on that. How many of you? No, no, don't clap now. You lost your chance. Lost it. How many of you wished your eyes would have been opened 15 or 20 years ago and you would not have tried that, experienced that, done that, tasted that, went there, said that to your parents, did that? How many of you, be honest, wished you could have some things back? Raise your hand. So young people, look at me real quick. I'm looking at you, you're looking at me. Do not be just like everybody sitting here. We want you to be hungry for the things of God. Listen, listen, we have some great people here and we want you to learn. You gotta be teachable. Now, talent, and te and talent and teachable people are totally different. There are a lot of people that you'll meet that are talented, but teachable people go further than talented people every time. You want a posture of teachability. You want older people to speak into your life. You don't want to act like everybody has to prove everything. You want them to be able to speak into your life. But there's a passion for God that when we come into worship, we do want you to lift your hands. We do want you to, 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 to kneel. We do want you to do. And here's the deal. We want that part. Like, here's the deal. We will lead you in wisdom. But you have to lead us in passion. And if you don't lead us in passion, then we won't have any. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because that's the unique mix of the church is experience meets passion and then all of a sudden, this thing is alive. You hear what I'm talking about? For us, acceptable worship. Well, I'm not comfortable lifting my hands. Order your own thing from the menu. Be locked up and stoved up and be here for a mental thing. But God wants to shift. And the truth of the matter is, you are absolutely okay with emotions because people see them all through the week. With reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Why is he a consuming fire? Because he wants to burn up all the iniquities, all the sin, all the ugh. He wants to burn all that up, but you have to let him. 
The fear of God isn't terror, it isn't intimidation, it's not horror. God isn't heavy-handed or abusive. He is a God and he will correct us because he loves us. But listen, without the fear of God, you don't really have an awe, awe and a reverence for God. You don't get to order what you want in a relationship with God. Our relationship with him isn't based on what we think or what we want. So here's the deal. Let's be a church that fears the Lord. And that fear of the Lord should impact our families, our friends, our nation, our world, our society. Let's bring back honor for God. Let's bring back reverence. Let's bring back a sheer, you know, respect and admiration for God. And let's, let, let's have it change our lives, this church, and our society. God doesn't take orders. He only prepares them. God cooks, y'all. <laughs> you know I mean? God, God, like, that's what he does. He cooks. And, and here's the thing. This is why we fast. This is why we pray. <laughs> I love it. I had a teenager come up. Pastor Stephen, I started the fast for our church. And I was like, great. You know what's next week? He was like. <laughs> He's like, are you serious? I was like, bro, you can get started first. It's cool. You know, leaders go first. He was like, no, I'm going to eat. <laughs> This is why we pray. This is why we lift our hands. This is why we tithe. This is why we give. This is why we serve the church. This is why we invite people to church to sit with us. You know, well, I don't want to invite anybody because someone might, like someone may be crying at their home right now, broken, and having no answers. That's why we do life groups because we believe there are mantles and mandates and missions. And we don't do all this to be noticed. We don't, we don't do all this because there's a heavy pressure, lean into this, to perform good deeds. We do this because of a reverence and awe of God. He creates dishes. We consume them. We consume him. We do because God asks us to. So here's the deal. Bane, you can come on up. You can replace and replenish this year. You can replace all of the old food and meals and stuff and you can replenish because God is the God that healeth thee. Your spiritual well-being is determined by your hunger for God. So here's how you do it. Matthew chapter three was in our soap guide. I wanna read this one verse and then we're gonna let the band play and we're gonna take a moment. So just add another three minutes to the end here. Matthew chapter three, verse four through six says, now John wore a garment of camel hair and a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. John didn't look like an influencer, John the Baptist. He didn't look like everybody else who was important. But because he knew that he had a mantle, a mandate and a mission, he was willing, look at me, to sacrifice. If you miss this, you'll always ask. Think when someone wants you to give something, they're taking something from you. Only people who feel like they're taking and feel inconvenienced, feel, they feel entitled. How, how dare you ask me for that? What? Who would I ask? I ask Christians to do Christian stuff. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region 
about the Jordan. We're coming out to him. Here's the deal. This calling, this mission, this mantle. Come on. This mandate starts working. They were baptized there at the Jordan River and confessed their sin. If you were to ask me, Pastor Stephen, why is America in the situation that it is in? It is not because of the Illuminati. It is not because of evil people just in positions of power. I'm not saying that's not part. I mean, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the Bible says, when, when we elect evil people and they're in evil places, the nation mourns. That's what the Bible says. But if you were gonna ask me the number one reason why there's no revival is because churches are full of people who are harboring sin in their heart and they don't repent. And so we are searching content and connection, but not Christ. And we think that we can come however we want and never posture ourselves so we can scream, yell, fight, flip off, get mad, start the process at 9.30, hit the bottle, do all the things. I'm not talking about legalism. Like, you can do all of that and go to heaven. But you will never grow up your salvation, and you will never walk into the blessings that God has for you, and you will never become the person that God has for you. And so is the White House changing our house? Or are we just sinning and acting like it's no big deal? You know, even yesterday. And so uh, I'm not not someone who's going to preach to you and then act like I got it all together. Uh, My son plays basketball and I'm committed. I mean, I'm, I'm like invested. And I was sitting there in the game, and I, I said something that I regret. I was just like, come on, you're playing. Wait. I said something. I was like, you're playing. And right at that moment, the whole gym got quiet. And so I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So I felt bad. I, got, I went quiet for the next game. Mm, praying. About to preach the word of God. And God's like, hey, you want to talk about it? And I was like, not really. He was like, um, do you want me to talk to you that way? <laughs> no, I don't. Why are you angry? Because, 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 because. Why are you angry? Okay, because, because, because. Why are you angry? You're trying to control some things? I'm just telling you, we can fake it or we can use this month to be like, God, I give you all the stuff 
We're going to break the silence in our home. We're going to stop being in two different rooms. We're going to begin to repent. We're going to begin to be quick to repent. We're not going to start the deal where it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault, and blame, blame, blame. Like we're going to take care of us because here's the deal. There's a mantle and a mandate and a mission, and it is our responsibility to grow up. And I am telling you that this year, no matter what last year, no matter what happened, this year, you can just repent. And so they're going to sing a song. And I just want you to sit there for five seconds. Then we're going to start standing up. And, and some of you, I'm going to be honest. You need to change what you're eating. Netflix isn't it. Binging isn't it. Staying busy isn't it. Some of you need to get out on the aisle and you'll need to lift your hands. You'll need to worship. Some of you, you haven't hit your knees in a long time and you just need to, before God, just be like, yo. Because here's the deal. I don't want you to leave here condemned and heavy and beating yourself up and all the way to the drive home, you're punching yourself in the face. Like, that's not God. I just want you to say, I notice that I've been hungry for other things and today I want to be hungry for you. We're going to have our, our prayer team come back up. And listen, I mean, I just want to say this. Can I say, can I say this? Y'all love me, right? Prayer is not a woman thing. And so I want you to know every Sunday when I'm looking, if I only see women come up, I can give you statistics of what every man deals with. And so there can be no anointing if there's only pride in the room. We did not come to attend. We came to do the work of God. And I need men to lead. I need, come on, you hear what I'm saying? You don't have to tell everybody your business, but you cannot, not, you got to lead. And so in this church, we're having leaders. You hear me? There's nothing biblically wrong about what I'm saying. It's okay if you don't like it. But maybe the condition of your cholesterol, spiritual cholesterol is where it is because you've been eating what you like. Let's change it. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.